Hi, this is Pastor Mike from Compass in Monterey County. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I hope it encourages you and gives you confidence that Jesus is by your side and that his plans for you are to bless you. It is one of the most self-sabotaging, self-made misery makers possible. And what I'm talking about is the attitude and emotion of fear. It's when your mouth is dry. It's when you feel so weak and lightheaded, sometimes you're not sure you can stand. It's when your thinking gets all contorted and fuzzy. It's when you can't sleep at night. Fear. John Lennon his music made him fabulously rich and beloved by millions. But he sabotaged his own life by his fears. They canceled his blessings. His biographers describe him as afraid to be touched by other people and afraid to touch objects, especially doorknobs or steering wheels of cars. And why is that? Because he imagined that being touched and touching other things would give him germs that would kill him. And he was afraid of dying. And so, because of this fear, this imagining that he might contact germs by touching other people, John Lennon actually was A man who lived largely unhugged and isolated the rest of his life. Fear, of course, can be very helpful. It was helpful on my dad's desert farm when I saw rattlesnakes. It helped me move quicker. Fear can help you on a dark city street late at night. It makes you more alert for muggers. But fear can also be so crippling. Fear has been defined as imagination out of control. And that's what it is. It's our mind imagining what could happen. And it produces the mood of fear. I think it's notable that it's well known that a doctor who has a heart attack and is recovering in ICU in a hospital, is four times more likely to have a second heart attack and die than an ordinary person. And why is that? Because they know what can go wrong. And they lay there imagining, what if? Your fears can kill you. What's happening here is the doctor is horribilizing. Do you know what I mean by horribilizing? It's letting your imagination imagine the worst and ask this debilitating question, what if? I was reading Sports Illustrated a few months ago and I came across a a tremendous article about what it takes to be a great ingredient Uh, A great athlete. What are the ingredients of a great athlete? And what surprised me was that the article said that one of the things all great athletes must do is conquer their fears. It said that 
an athlete will never reach his or her potential, never reach their destiny, unless they conquer their fears. So you take a quarterback in the NFL. He's got to conquer his fear of standing in the pocket as he's waiting for a receiver to break open. He's got to conquer his fear of getting killed. Great receivers. You hear this in the big games when a great receiver like a Jerry Rice goes up for a high pass and strings himself out. And he knows he's vulnerable to the Jack Tatums of football. And he gets hit in midair and cut in half. The rest of the game, maybe he doesn't go up for that high pass. Unless he conquers his fears. Olympic divers have to conquer their fear of hitting the platform on their dive. Because so often, their dives have their heads missing the platform by only inches. The article said, and I quote, fear cripples people and stops them from doing what could have been done and realizing their destiny. Surely some of us here today have not done something or have quit something because we were afraid what might have happened if we had not quit because of fear. I wonder, lately, what have you been horribilizing about imagining the worst that might happen? David in Psalm 27 is battling his fears because his fairy tale life is falling apart. He was on the way to the throne. God said he was on the way to being king of Israel. But the present King Saul gets jealous and envious of him, throws a spear at him, and before he knows it, David's on the run through the desert, hiding in caves, and Saul has sent his best troops to fight him and kill him. I just mentioned that because not all fears are imaginary. David is in real danger. He's not making this up. Bad things could happen. And you know, that's the toughest time, is when bad things could happen. You're in real danger. And that's David. Maybe some of you have some very good reasons to be afraid this morning. People around you would say, of course, who wouldn't be? Maybe it's because of one of your kids, or your business, or your health. I don't know what it is, but you may have some very good reasons this morning for being afraid. So the question is, why even bother to fight fear? Why fight it? Well, for one reason, fear makes you very uncreative in thinking about solutions. Oh, very uncreative. Because it tenses up your mind. People who are in the grips of fear are not creative in coming up with solutions to their problems. Another reason is fear will change your personality to one of a quick temper, to one of a melancholy. A person who's in the grips of fear is hard to live with, hard to work with. 
Another reason is fear will make you postpone living fully these days now in your life. That'll never come again. Some people have postponed whole epochs, ages, decades of their life because they've been afraid. You you can never really live these days that will never come again when you're spending them horribilizing. And then maybe most importantly, fear will stop you from doing things you could have done but didn't because you were too afraid. I can say personally in my own life that almost anything that I have ever done that could possibly be worthwhile, I began afraid. Fears were heavy in the beginning. That's the way it is in life. Everybody faces this. So how did David conquer his fears? His very real fears. First, he made up his mind not to be a victim. He made up his mind, I will not fear. It's a choice. He takes control of his thoughts and begins to preach to himself. So in Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Remember in the scripture reading, I said, Light, when you're in a cave, it's all dark. There's every good reason to be afraid. You don't see any good thing. Got to turn on the light. And that light is preaching to yourself about the goodness and the almightiness of God. And he says... He is my salvation, and there he's preaching to himself, yeah, some bad things may happen, but God is able to bring good out of bad. Even if some of my fears come true, God is still God. It's not the last word. He's the stronghold. David turns on the light in his life by saying, I'm going to go into God, preach to myself about him. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though, in verse 3, he says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. There it is. I will not. Fear is a choice of imagination of what can happen or of what God could do. It's a choice. It's a choice. What could happen or what God could do. The war break out against me. Even then I will be confident. Why? Because of all I know about God. Over and over in this psalm and in many other psalms, David just keeps saying, I will. I will. I will not. I will not. This thing called Christianity is not some magical thing. You have to take a hold of yourself. You have to take a hold of yourself. And I say, I will. I will not. And take God as your light and your salvation. He refuses to be a victim of his emotions. I want to say that again. He refuses to be a victim of his moods. 
A lot of people don't know that. They think they can't help their moods or their emotions, and that is not true. We can't stop emotions popping into us, but we can be, we can refuse to be led by them. We can refuse to give them hospitality. We can refuse to be controlled by them. You see, the Bible does not say, do not have emotions like fear. It says, manage your emotions. Don't be controlled by your fears. Manage them. That's your part and my part. I think of a woman who a few years ago was engaged to a man who she began to realize as in their dating that uh, he had some problems. You know, there were some examples of some selfishness and a little bit of anger and then some other things. Addiction, an addiction that popped up with some alcohol and she saw it. And she knew that she should cancel the wedding. But she didn't. She married him. Took a few years for it to get worse and worse, and it did. And then she divorced him. But not before she suffered a lot of hurt and wasted some of her best years on a mistake. Why did she marry him? When she saw all of that before the marriage. You know why. She was afraid she'd never have another chance to get married and have a family. Fear is such a poor decision maker. It's a lousy decision maker. So how does David conquer his fears? He takes control of his mind and he manages his thinking. He says in verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He starts with God. And that's how he manages his emotions. He reminds himself of how big God is. And that is the only way, finally, to conquer fear. Not these self-help slogans that are out there that are chirpy optimism. God is your stronghold. Did you know there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible God has given to you? 7,000 promises. What I'm trying to say is that we are not afraid because of the way things are, but because of the way we think about the way things are. The proof of that is two people in very similar business situations, very similar parenting situations. One is afraid and the other is full of peace and confidence. The difference between people is not that some people have daunting problems to face and others are living largely problem-free. No. The difference between people is how they think about their problems. Especially the difference between Christians. So Proverbs 23 verse 7 says it this way, As a person thinks, so he is. Do you hear that? It is our thinking that produces our moods. No question about it. 
as a person thinks, so he is. In other words, God says, if we are afraid, we have done it to ourselves. As a person thinks, so he is. If we are afraid, we have done that to ourselves. Now that's a challenging thought, isn't it? We thought fear was necessary. No, we do it to ourselves. Which is the good news, we can undo it. Mental self-management is what the Bible calls us to. Mental self-management by taking control of our thoughts. That's the good news. If we made ourselves afraid, we can undo it like David did. As a man thinks, so he is. Not what he reads or what he hears or what his circumstances are. The fact is, we are only afraid because of what we're allowing ourselves to horribleize about. The proof of that, I think, is Julia, who's speaking at our women's retreat this weekend. You know, she was our women's pastor until her husband, Nofo, developed this terrible heart condition where the blood vessels around his heart were shutting down. And the only way he's alive is his body's making little capillary blood vessels. It's barely keeping enough blood going to his heart. The doctors have said to him this last year, Nofel, you could die any minute. Any minute. He's almost died about a dozen times in and out of the hospital. The doctor said that most people in his condition are afraid to go to sleep at night because they're afraid they will die during their sleep. Julia said that both he and Nofel were in that condition, afraid for him to go to sleep. When he was asleep, she'd wake up and check him to see if he was still alive. And then about six months ago, I was talking to her this last week on the phone, she said, We decided we will not be afraid anymore. Sounded a lot like David. And we began to claim the promises of God. Sounds a lot like David. And she says, now we do everything. We go to sleep at night. We're not afraid anymore. We have beaten back our fear. Fear is a choice about how we manage or don't manage our mind. It's like the metal detectors at the airport. Sometimes these metal detectors frustrate me and I curse Bin Laden for putting me through this. (laughs) You know, you have to take off your shoes, your belt, empty your pocket, make sure there's no clippers, nail clippers in your carry-on bag, no even small bottles of lotion or other things, or they will be confiscated. And I have had things confiscated from me because I forgot what was in my carry-on bag. But the whole purpose of metal detectors is to prevent anything for getting on that plane that a terrorist could use to blow it up. And when I think about the usefulness of these metal detectors, I'm glad for them. They protect me from terrorists. 
David says, you got to set up some metal detectors between your ears. These detectors detect any kind of thinking that the terrorists called fear can use to tense you up and make you uncreative. And you are responsible for getting those metal detectors in place. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says you've got to set them up in your mind and refuse things on board your mind that anything fear could use. And what I'm saying is no one can do that for you. Only you can do that for you. And you see, this is a difference between those who believe in Jesus, who walk in courage and in peace, and those who believe in Jesus who don't. Some begin to take responsibility for metal detectors, thought detectors in their mind, and others don't put out the energy to do that. David replaced his fears with thoughts about how big God is and that God is with him. And that's why I keep saying, you've got to be willing to become the kind of person God can bless. The kind of person God can strengthen. The kind of person God can give courage to and take your fears away. You do that by refusing to pray worry prayers. And you do that with some spiritual work. As tenderly as I can say this, all the studies show that Christians do not know their Bible. They can't name promises. It's going to take work on our part to begin to study the Bible and to begin to memorize promises and to maybe go down to a Bible bookstore and get a Bible promise book which has all the promises of the Bible arranged to topics in our life so that we can know these promises and pray these promises. It takes some spiritual sweat to know the Bible So that you can conquer your fears and to begin to pray promises of God against your fears. Most of us, though, pray worry prayers and we've got to refuse to do that. Do you know what a worry prayer is? A worry prayer is when we get on our knees and we rehearse before God out loud all our fears. All the things that could go wrong. And of course we get up from our knees more afraid than when we got down. Because we didn't know the promises of God to counter our fears with. No, we've got to get a pocket promise book and begin to pray the promises of God out loud. Out loud in our prayers. If we're going to conquer our fears. Like Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be set ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. You've got to know those promises in order to fight for your peace. 
Secondly, do whatever it takes to see the face of Jesus. To see his face. I'm really very serious about this. And not some esoterical, mystical thing, but you can, as an ordinary person, to see the face of Jesus. Got to be willing to do what that takes. David says in verse 4, One thing I ask of the Lord, this that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. That's why we keep talking around here about Christianity being a personal experience of Jesus. Do you have that personal experience? Not just mental, but you spend the time in prayer and in worship where you actually begin to experience his presence. That's what David did. In high school, I played center on our football team, and our quarterback, his name was Sammy Maya. And Sammy Maya, he was like King Kong. He was six feet, four inches tall, at least 225 pounds, body fat of almost zero, muscled. In high school, this guy could throw a football 60 yards and not a blooper, almost on a straight line. He was so strong. Sometimes when the pocket broke down and I was on the ground, I would see Sammy back there with a couple of guys hanging on him like King Kong and then release a pass and hit a receiver with guys hanging on him. Quarterbacks and their centers get close. They're like catchers and pitchers. And he and I were good friends. We still stay in touch. And uh, one day after practice, I was walking home. And three guys jumped out of this car from another school and began to push me and taunt me. And it was obvious they had on their mind to beat up a Glendale High football player for sport that day. And I thought to myself, this is going to be a very bad day because I'm going to be beaten up into a pulp. (laughs) There's no way I'm going to take these guys on. And just then, up came a car and out jumped Sammy. And he came up next to me, didn't say a word. And I looked at these guys and I said, because I knew he could take all three of them on alone. I said to these guys, I said, you want to get it on? Let's do it. Let's do it, okay? And these guys jumped back in their car and took off. And I ran out in the street and said, don't let me see you back here again either. Courage. It's amazing how fear turns to courage depending on whom stands next to you. If you know God, you know Jesus Christ, and you claim his promises and know that he stands next to you, you'll be able to say, I will not be afraid. My fears evaporated 
because Godzilla, my friend, was standing next to me. And David conquers his fears the same way. He is convinced that he is not alone. The good news I have for you is that you are not alone. If you've invited Jesus into your life, you're not alone. But have you done that? I'm not asking if you believe in him. Have you invited him into your life as your Lord and Savior? How does David experience the face of God? Well, he does it in worship. He yearns for the worship of the Lord in the Psalms. That's why I say it's a big mistake to take worship lightly like so many Americans do. It's to deprive yourself. Because you see, it is in worship that you begin to experience the face of God and how big He is. Because it's in worship that you hear all these praise choruses or hymns in the sanctuary. And they're all about how great and good God is. And it's where you hear scripture reading. It's where you hear a message like this today. And it's where you hear prayers like you heard earlier in the service that claim the promises of God for your situation. It's in worship that you experience the face of God. Is it not true that it has been in worship like nowhere else that you have been built up in confidence in God? It's a mistake to take worship lightly. And third, most of our fears never happen. David might be caught and killed. That's what he's afraid of. But it doesn't happen. None of David's fears ever happen. And that's the way it usually is. You know, Lloyd's of London has made billions of dollars on our fears of what might happen. They bet against our horribilizing. It's called insurance. They bet what we are afraid of will never happen. And usually they win. The futurologists who wrote in the 80s and 90s about all the disasters that would happen at the turn of the century are now apologizing about the things they horribilized about that never happened. I know what you're thinking, though. The worst has happened to you. Once in a while it does. But David and the psalm is prepared for that because sometimes, once in a while, the worst does. He says in verse 13, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living here and now. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. David knows sometimes the worst does happen. But God is still God, and he does have the last word. He is the potter who can take a messed up potter, a pot, a cracked life, and reshape it into something even more beautiful. I do not know the future, for me or for you, but I do know him, the one who holds the future. And the one who's able to take crack pots and turn them into something beautiful. 
That's what helps you conquer your fears. Do you know him? Have you ever invited him into your life? Do you walk with him? Are you studying the Bible to know his promises? Do you know his promises to hold on to? Do you? Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads just out of reverence and respect? Close your eyes. Because we've got decisions to make. If you're a believer, are you willing to become the kind of person God can bless? To be in a Bible study. To begin to read the Bible. To begin to know its promises. Are you willing to become the kind of person God can bless? Are you willing to take on the body life? The corporate nature of the faith? Or will you insist that it's you and Jesus alone? Are you willing to become the kind of person God can bless with the inner strength and resources you're going to need? It's decision time. It's a choice. And maybe you've been here quite a while and been hanging around, and but you, you, you can't say that you've actually invited Jesus into your life and that you're walking with him, that he's your Lord. Is there any reason why you can't do that today? Would you raise your hand with every head bowed? Please close your eyes. Raise your hand if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Lord. Anybody here like to do that? Yes. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who've raised their hand that right now they'd ask you to come into their life as Lord. You'd be their Savior. You'd be their strength. And give them experience of your face, face to face with you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. That was such a relevant message from Dr. Mike. You can order a DVD copy from the website of Compass Church of Monterey County. If these messages are helping you, why not share them with friends and family? It's a great way to be a blessing to others. May God's blessing and favor be upon your life.